Hey y'all, I'm Lucy. And I'm Jean. And we're from the Newsy Floozies podcast with CSPN Media. I know y'all are like, but that's not the podcast we clicked on. But bitch, this is what you got. It mm-hmm. is, it is. Because mm-hmm. we that queer black podcast you didn't even know you needed. Exactly. Two gay women. Oh my goodness. What are they going to talk about? Tune in and find out. We come out every Monday. We sure do. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Newsy Floozies. See y'all on Monday. The gay day. Hey. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Libra icon, Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? Not too much. Uh, been a crazy weekend in sports, and then another another week ahead. Let's go ahead and get into it. All right. Before we start, just letting everybody know you can find Know the Score on the CSPN You can find the CSPN on the web at www.cspn.us. So as Dwayne said, we had a big weekend in the world of college football. We had championship weekend. And so we'll start down in the SEC where it was deja vu all over again as Jalen Hurts comes off the bench for injured Tua Tagovailoa to lead Alabama to a 35-28 comeback victory over Georgia to win the SEC title. Uh, This was definitely a game of streaks and runs. Georgia, you know, looked really good. They had a really good offensive game plan to attack that Alabama defense. Uh, They got up by 14 points and then they missed a field goal. And after that, Everything stopped when it came to Georgia's momentum and everything started to pick up for Alabama until Tua gets his ankle rolled up. He's down. They got to come out here, get him off the field and look who sticks it out and gets to be the hero in the end. Mr. Jalen Hurts. So, Dwayne, uh, I mean, I know uh, to put this in context. Unfortunately, I was in Georgia this past weekend for a funeral, but so I'm around these diehard Georgia people. And man, for three quarters, they were as high as you could be. And then that fourth quarter came, and man, everybody, that air was let out of the whole balloon. So, your thoughts on Jalen Hurts saying he was going to stick around and having the last laugh against Georgia in the SEC championship game? Man, it's kind of like, like you said, it was deja vu all over again. It was pretty crazy to see how, you know, the same exact situation. Georgia gets off to a good start. They are putting in the work, and looks like, hey, this juggernaut's going to be knocked off in the same place as uh, Baju. So then it's just a reversal of roles this time, and, 
Jalen Hurts comes in, I mean, we all speculated, hey, what should he do? Should he stick it out? Should he transfer? Should he, um, should he, uh, go pro? Go pro, exactly. And he made the decision to stick it out and to prove that he made the right choice. Uh, you know, you always got to be ready when your number's called up and, and uh, Nick Saban was able to call his number, and he responded in a huge way, much like when he was ineffective in in the title game, and and uh, Tyler Gold came in and and uh, was the next man up. So it's really a uh, good good thing that he did stick it out, and you know persistence and patience does pay off, and. And, you know, shout-out to Alabama once again. You know, they got their best shot once again, and they found a way to win once again. So, you know, 13-0 now going into the Orange Bowl, and we'll see how things play out in the college football playoff. Yep, wire-to-wire number one. So congratulations to Alabama, and especially to Jalen Hurts, showing that perseverance and stick-to-itiveness does pay off in the end. Next, the Clemson Tigers. They handled their business against Pittsburgh 42-10 to win the ACC championship. Uh, This game was over pretty early. Um, You know, Clemson jumped out on them. That defense suffocated them, and uh, it was just waiting for the time to run out. So Clemson basically, you know, survives their gauntlet. And uh, not that they really got tested in the ACC. They had a couple of games there against Syracuse where – uh, Bryant went down, and uh, they had to struggle to win that one. But that was really their only really close call this year. So your thoughts on Clemson heading into the championship game? Are they battle-tested enough with this freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, that if they do get in a tight situation, will they respond positively? I think they will be battle-tested enough. I think they've got enough uh, – um, battles over the years as a as a group to go ahead and uh, compete in you know the bigger stages. They proved it over and over again. Um, you know we saw the bright lights for uh, Trevor Lawrence, and he's responded pretty well. And we're gonna have to see how he responds with the lights even all even brighter for this uh, Cotton Bowl matchup. And so uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I mean, they Syracuse gave them a test, and also NC State gave them a little bit of a no, no, never mind, another bit. Okay, scratch that. And uh, this is a team that we'll just have to keep an eye out for in the next few weeks and just see how how it plays out. Oklahoma avenged an earlier defeat to Texas as they won 39-27 behind Kyler Murray's 379 yards passing and three touchdowns to win their fourth straight Big 12 title game. So Oklahoma, the no defense crew, found a way to make enough plays there in the fourth quarter, and Kyler Murray does what Kyler Murray's been doing all season. That's the reason why he's one of the uh, Heisman finalists. So he joins Tua uh, in the Heisman race. So they've got a uh, you know another Big Twelve title. They're four straight. Lincoln Riley's you know come in and not hasn't lost a step in the two years that he's been the coach. 
So Oklahoma and their poor defense um, held up against Texas. How do you see uh, the prospects for Oklahoma moving forward? Oklahoma, they're known for their seven-on-seven style of play. I mean, that's really the whole Big 12 in the in the in a nutshell, but you know they did make enough defensive plays, but I don't know. You know now they got Alabama in the Orange Bowl matchup, and it's going to be tough. Uh, we're going to have to see if um, Kyler Murray can find ways, find holes in this vaunted uh, defense, and we're going to have to see uh, how. Mainly Oklahoma's defense guards fine because do they have enough speed to match up with Alabama's uh, playmakers? If Alabama decides to run the ball down their throats, I think that'll be a huge advantage uh, to them. Uh, you know, if Tua, who should be healed up and ready to go, by the time they get this Orange Bowl matchup going, he's going to pick this secondary apart, which will open up the run, and it might be a long day for the Sooners down in Miami in a few weeks. The Ohio State Buckeyes defeated Northwestern 45-24 to to win the Big Ten title game. Dwayne Haskins had five TDs in the victory. And Urban Meyer announces that he will retire after this year's Rose Bowl. So we pretty much knew that Ohio State was going to probably roll Northwestern. The only question was if Georgia slipped up, who would – get that fourth spot between Oklahoma and Ohio State, and the winner was Oklahoma. So that makes Ohio State, you know, going back to the Rose Bowl as the winner of the Big Ten. So what do you think about Urban Meyer? Uh, He's going to retire. He's had a long offseason and season as well. Um, You know, what will his legacy be, you know, after this tumultuous kind of end at Ohio State? Well, I mean, he's with this. Uh, now we say legacy overall or legacy in Ohio State. Legacy overall. Overall, I mean, he he's won championships. He's he's done everything there's to do on the coaching ranks. I mean, there's been a lot of controversy. I mean, with the whole situation at Ohio State. I mean, also if had some things going on in Florida as well. Um, I mean, it's, if you look at his body of work on the field, which is really what we look at, you know, he's really done a great job. He's pretty much been probably the most popular coach, you know, getting a title at Ohio State. Since uh, Jim Trussell, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to trump Jim Trussell in the sweater vest there. But, um, you know, Urban Myers, he, he did what he had to do. I think it's just a real shame that, you know, his his health is really probably the reason why he's, gonna, he's going to retire. But I think if he – I think if the perfect job does come for him, and he will really reconsider going back and getting the head coaching, going back to the head coaching ranks if the perfect job comes about. 
to me, my overall thoughts about his legacy uh, probably comes back to um, his days at Utah where he got to start and being in the read option, uh, him and Alex Smith teaming together to bring something new to college football at a time where most teams were trying to copy the, you know, the way the Big 12 was going with the air raid or, or the Florida Steve Spurrier kind of, you know, fun and gun type offense. And then here comes Urban Meyer with a with a little twist on the old school option offense, which allowed some of the smaller uh, teams to compete and basically changed up the modern era of college football. We all bring that back to Urban Meyer with those concepts. So I think that'll be how I think about him. And uh, also, after one of those um, losses and one of the Orange Bowls of the playoffs, that gif where he's sitting on the back of that golf cart eating that piece of Papa John's pizza just rubbing his head like, what the hell just happened to us? Yeah, those would be my two kind of lasting memories of uh, of old Urban Meyer. So hopefully he can find some good health and some you know peace with his family and, and enjoy those good times that he'll have with them and, and, and he'll start feeling better and, and get those health problems uh, in check and and like you said, maybe he'll come back to coaching in a couple of years once he's, you know, fully healthy and can take the stress because he's such a uh, passionate and involved coach. I know that, you know, he's probably got ulcers and a whole bunch of other stuff he's not telling us. So good luck to Urban Meyer in his future endeavors. Just a reminder that this is Know the Score. I'm Don DeLorente. I'm here with my co-host, the Libra icon, Dwayne. And you can find Know the Score on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Play, Google Radio, and Spotify. So, the Washington Huskies defeated the before-mentioned Utah Huskies, or excuse me, Utah Utes, excuse me, 10-3 to to win the Pac-12 title game. Uh, this game ended in a little bit of controversy on what looked like clear pass interference to give the uh, uh, Utah an untimed down or actually a first down in the end of the fourth quarter there was uncalled and uh, Washington held on for the victory. Um, Washington, the team that everybody thought would have a chance to make a run at the playoff this year, uh, came up a little short, had a couple of losses, but still a good season as they defeated their uh, rival Washington state in a blizzard last weekend to advance to this game. So all in all, uh, doing your uh, view on Washington this year, uh, Chris Peters, or his name's Chris Peterson. He's been, you know, rumored to some head coaching vacancies, some major head coaching vacancies. So, do you think he stays in Washington, or do you think the allure of some of these other jobs attracts Chris Peterson away from the Huskies? I think he will be fine just where he is. I mean, you have you have a power conference. You have a you have a. Uh, Good team there. You're in the Pacific Northwest, a place where you're pretty much used to. Um, the only the only thing I can see is uh, if he goes to a job that has the resources and the athletic department or a school that has the ability to get into the top four in the college football playoff. Um, we haven't really seen too much of a Pac-12 representation. Uh, and even and even this season, you know the Pac-12. So there's a lot of parity in that conference, and there really wasn't much of a chance for teams to get out of do. You know, there's no dominant team, which of course was an easy 
reason why the conference was left out. Um, and yeah, but Chris Peterson, though, he's a very, very great coach. Uh, with his time at Boise State, with his time in Washington, I don't see him leaving. I just can't. I just can't see it. I mean, if if I do, if he does go somewhere, I would be surprised, honestly. All right, and UCF defeated Memphis in the AAC title game to cap off back-to-back undefeated regular seasons. So, unfortunately, this isn't a six-team playoff, six-team playoff, because we would have UCF in there in the mix, scrapping it out against Ohio State probably. That would be really fun to see because these kids have, you know, done everything that they've been asked to do, which is beat every team on their schedule, and they haven't been, they feel, properly rewarded for it. So, in your mind and your estimation, do you think that UCF deserves a shot at the college playoffs after putting two back-to-back undefeated regular seasons together? Absolutely. Uh, this You've won 25 straight games. Your best player went down with an injury. Your backup quarterback goes on in and, you know, wills the team to a victory when everybody pretty much – was saying UCF is going to get ran out the building, but I'm like, this is UCF we're talking about, and this is the AAC where everything is high score. So my thing, my take on it is this: it's UCF does deserve a shot. I mean, they're undefeated, you know, undefeated. <laughs> they have a right to be. In that college football playoff, I don't care about the strength of schedule at this point. I hate the fact that they're even ranked below Ohio State, who lost to Purdue 59 and 21. They gave up 59 points to Purdue. Ohio State shouldn't even sniff in the playoffs to begin with. I know that's going to anger the Buckeye contingent and that that's listening, but I don't care. Ohio State, this is just like last year with. Iowa, I I even said to one of my Buckeye fans, I was like, look, y'all didn't make it last year because y'all lost to Iowa. Y'all not going to make it this year because y'all lost to Purdue. And, you know, Oklahoma, I mean, they are a deserving, they are a deserving team, but they also have a loss under their belt. So, you know, it should have been right that UCF was in. I mean, Georgia has two losses. Yes, they lost to Alabama. One of those losses was to the number one team to land. Another one was, uh, what was it, LSU, I think? Yes, it was. Yeah, so they lost to LSU, who, you know, at the time was a factor, but they're no longer a factor. But, you know, this should have been, yeah, UCF should have at least got the four seed, be in the Orange Bowl, and a uh, virtual, you know, could literally be a home game against Alabama and we would have been able to see the battle of the the actual national champion against the national the two national champions going at it. I mean look this they if they win the bowl game don't be surprised if you see another ring and another banner that says 2018 national champions because they will claim it as they I think they should. Yeah you see it man those kids are Really excited when they go out and play football. They're really fun to watch. 
Memphis um, jumped out on them, and they had to come back. So that was a really exciting game to watch in general. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see those kids get a shot at it just to see what they can do. You know, as far as they know, they can beat Alabama. And, unfortunately, in the way that the system is currently set up, we'll never find out. So, speaking of the college football playoffs, the number one seed, of course, will be the Alabama Crimson Tide. They will face off against the number four seed, the Oklahoma Sooners. And you said that's the Orange Bowl, you said, or the Sugar Bowl? Dwayne, help me out. Yeah, that's the Orange Bowl. Okay. The um, It's orange and cotton this year. Okay, and so the number two seed, the Clemson Tigers, will face off against the number three seed, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, down in the Cotton Bowl. So, Dwayne, in your too early to call predictions, who's going to play for the national championship? We are going to see Alabama and Clemson part four. And I hope this is the matchup that they won. I've talked to one of my Alabama fans, and and she was pretty much like she wanted to see Alabama Clemson again. We've already had three great matches between the two, two of them for the national title. Be a great rubber match to see who can win it all. Yeah, that'll be the greatest four point uh, four part uh, movie since Rocky Four, man. All right, exactly. And then, you know, we will probably we can finally see if the you know if the Clemson you know kind of be like Warriors Cavaliers. I mean, we've never seen it before, and you know, will we see it again? Hey, it's only one way to find out. Exactly. This episode of Another Score is being brought to you by Amazon.com. Please, when you're ordering all your gifts off of Amazon.com this holiday season, stop by www.cspn.us first. Click on the banner that says Keep Our Podcast Free at the top of the page. And the very first link you'll be able to click on will be Amazon. Go into Amazon as you normally would. Do all of your normal purchasing as you normally would. And once you check out, some of your purchase will come back to the CSPN to help keep another score free of charge each and every week. So please, 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 again, support Amazon.com through CSPN.us. It's time to move on to the National Football League, Dwayne. And on Friday night, a bombshell dropped as the Kansas City Chiefs released running back starting running back Kareem Hunt after a video from an incident earlier this year surfaced and proved that he was dishonest about his role in an altercation with a woman in a hotel. Um, This was just not good. Somehow the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think this happened in Cleveland, the Cleveland police because of the nature of the charges is the reason why the police did not get a chance to get their hands on this video but good old tmz did and now kareem hunt is out of a job so Dwayne, when you first saw the news go down and you heard about this were you surprised that it took this long i mean i think this happened back in february for this for any type of action to come down or do you think that kansas city after seeing the video and just how 
mm, out of control and just just doesn't look good for Kareem Hunt. And they were just like, once this comes out for public consumption, if he's still on our team, it's going to be a murderous PR hit. Well, the Chiefs have had to deal with for well, they got to deal with this with Larry Johnson a few years back with the domestic violence issues that he had when he was the star running back. And this is something they could not have, you know, taken another PR hit because they've been through it before. Um, and I think it was, I think if he was a more truthful about the incident, if he would have been honest about the situation and, you know, we would probably, uh, it'd probably be a different story. He might have been suspended, might have been on the exempt list, uh, the commission's exempt list, but he would probably still have a job, though. But the fact that you lied about what happened to save your own ass and, you know, the truth hurts, but lying hurts more in the long run. And that's what, you know, it caught up with Kareem here in this situation. I mean, this is something that, hey, you kind of knew what you, you knew what happened. You try to deny what or make light or downplay what may have happened. And then the the tape comes out and shows that it's 50 times worse than what it was. Yes, the Chiefs did the right thing in cutting Kareem Hunt. They got a capable back of Spencer Ware who, who can uh, carry the offense. They still got Patrick Mahomes who's still on his MVP campaign. But for Kareem Hunt, it's gonna, he might get the he might be on the Ray Rice treatment here. And you know, he's twenty three or the teams that's gonna be desperate enough to sign him may sign him. But um back to what the Chiefs did, they did the right thing. Um, you know, the league is really gonna be questioned because, you know, why who who missed the ball on this one and who why is it coming out almost 10 months after the fact, almost a whole year after the fact that this originally happened. So it's a sad situation all around us, a disgusting situation. You know, it's really, it's, it's disheartening, you know, because the, the, the footage doesn't lie. And, you know, we as men, we have to do better. We still got to hold those who mistreat women accountable for their actions. Amen, sir. Amen. Along those same lines, earlier in the week, the Washington football team, they picked up and claimed off waivers. Reuben Foster, who was released by the 49ers after another domestic violence charge of his own this year. Uh, that brought the ire of a lot of people up on the Washington football team. A lot of uh, pieces and articles were written about, you know, how tone deaf they could be. Uh, Bruce Allen came out and said that through his connections in Tampa, they've reached out. They've heard enough of uh, evidence and of the story through their own investigation that they believe that, you know, Reuben Foster may get a chance to come off of the commissioner's list where he is currently residing and uh, maybe have a chance to play for the Burgundy and Gold. But that looks like it's going to be an offseason away 
So we will see where further transpires upon that. But Dwayne, uh, how did you feel when you saw the uh, Washington football team pick up Reuben Foster? Did it shock you? Were you as outraged as 98% of the people on social media and uh, the news you know, outlets were? Or were you just kind of like, oh, par for the course, guy with a lot of talent, first-round talent, um, you know, uh, just getting, you know, uh, one more chance, even though this may be his last. I have to say I wasn't surprised. I guess one of my friends who's a, who's a Washington football team fan as well, um, you know, I think he's trying to look at it from the football standpoint that he would definitely be a big help to the team. Um, you know, this is a huge risk that Washington is uh, doing here. You know, it's, he is talented. Don't get me wrong. Very, very talented. You know, you know, but I guess the thing is, has he learned from this? You know, has he, because this isn't the first time he's had this issue. And I think because there's a history of domestic violence here, with Ruben Foster, that's what makes the situation much more magnified. And you know, with all the controversy with the Washington football team, with the name and everything, it's like, do they really care? So I would have to say that as risky as it is, it's a good football move. It's a risky PR move. But when you're in the playoff picture, you're going to do whatever it takes, even if you're going to make a decision and make decisions that, you know, that are very unpopular. That's all part of being in, in the league as a general manager or assistant general manager or a director of player personnel, someone of that sort. All right. Next up, the Green Bay Packers. They fired their head coach, Mike McCarthy, just hours after the Packers lost to the Cardinals, 20-17 at home. The rumors have been swirling, or the buzzards have been flying around Mike McCarthy. Uh, we figured that he would probably get to the end of the season. But, uh, again, the Packers offense sputtering, losing to the woeful Cardinals at home. And uh, the, Car- and the uh, Packers decided to get an early start on uh, looking for a coach. So who do you think out there, kind of thin right now as far as coaching candidates, but who do you think would be a good fit that may be a coordinator or college coach for the Green Bay Packers? Well, it's a good question. I mean, I would have to say that whoever gets his job gets to work with Aaron Rodgers, and whoever gets his job needs to get along with Aaron Rodgers and help make it um, make their franchise quarterback happy. So, um. I don't have anybody in mind. I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that would be a um, a good f- fit, per se. Um, I would say maybe get an offensive coordinator, um, get a current offensive coordinator, and then see how... That's sort I'm looking for. See how they work. There we go. Um, so, if I had to say anybody, 
Um, it's a long shot, uh, but uh, Ratchaziski would be a good uh, fit for that team because he knows how to get the ball uh, down the field. And that's what Aaron Rodgers likes to do, get the ball down the field. That would be a good match. Um, that's really all I have in regards to that. Um, we'll just have to see uh, maybe a current offensive coordinator um, and someone who can make that jump to head coach. Uh, Pep Hamilton maybe one. If you're looking to satisfy the rule of course, so there's a, there's options out there. I can't name of one particular option, but there are some out there though. We'll shift over to some on-field action as the Dallas Cowboys moved into first place all by themselves in the NFC East with a shocking 13 to 10 win over the previously red-hot New Orleans Saints. Dallas's defensive line, front seven, uh, really dominated this game. They had pressure on Drew Brees all night. They shut down the running game. Uh, they punished the receivers when they caught it. Uh, it was just a very, very, very impressive performance by the Dallas defense. Um, does this give you some hope, Dwayne, for your your Panthers, who have the Saints twice here in the last four games? that maybe you have a, a good blueprint that you guys can maybe execute to to hold the Saints down to well under their average? Um, honestly, I'm not even going to address my team because this is, a, this is a team that that is still offensive juggernaut. So I don't think the Panthers are going to catch them. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, if you do want the blueprint on how to beat the Saints, just get the tape from this game. Uh, Dallas did a great job suffocating Drew Brees, preventing Alvin Kamara from running wild. Um, they got a lot of pressure that the Saints did not see and were not ready for. So hats off to them. Next up, the San Diego Chargers on Sunday Night Football. They made an epic comeback versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in the second half. So still a game, 33-30. to 30. Um, Some bad officiating cost the uh, the Steelers a couple of touchdowns here. But just some bad play in the second half in general, especially that fourth quarter, really doomed the Steelers. They were dominating this game like 27-3 to, to three at one time when I saw it. But um, – the Chargers kept fighting, they kept playing, and and, and Steelers got laxed, and the Chargers came up and stole one. So, Dwayne, is it time for us to start believing in the San, well Los Angeles at this point? Superchargers. Well, it is. I mean, even though they play in the soccer stadium, and the soccer stadium is filled with half the opposing fans, um, we normally see a Chargers free fall in December, so um, I'm not going to be too sold on them just yet. Um, they did win one game in December, and the matter, you know, coming back in Pittsburgh and winning a game like that is pretty remarkable. Um, 
I just have to say that with the with the way the um, charges go out there, especially on offense, their defense has been stout. They're healthy. And that's really been the major difference is, you know, a lot of these weapons Phillip Rivers has, they're healthy. He didn't have that luxury over the last few years. So I think it is time to believe in the same, in the, now you got me saying it, uh, believe in the LA Chargers. Um, Anthony Lynn has done a great job. Uh, I think a lot of people don't recognize the job he has been doing. And, you know, he's making this team a winner here. You know, especially before they move into their new stadium in a couple of years anyway. Yeah, very impressed by the Chargers so far, especially with this win right here. I mean, Pittsburgh had some ridiculous number of when they were up by like 16 or more points in the fourth quarter. They are like undefeated at home with some very large number in the front of that. So for them to just keep playing and make plays and catch some breaks from the referees to kind of, you know, help facilitate that, you know, they pulled off one of the, you know, best comebacks ever and very entertaining game as well. So good luck to the Chargers. We'll see what they do uh, for this playoff run. Colt McCoy, he suffers a broken leg in the Redskins. 28-13 to loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Uh, there weren't a lot of highlights for the Washington football team in this game. Uh, Adrian Peterson broke one for 90. He took it to the house. So that was a uh, that was the thirteenth point, or yeah, that was our thirteenth point right there, and uh, that was all the scoring we got uh, early in the second quarter there. So uh, the Eagles have won a couple in a row. They play Dallas next week, and basically a matchup for first place. So we'll go ahead and talk about that game, Dwayne. Who do you think gets the upper hand, Philly or Dallas, when they travel down to Big D this weekend? The Eagles do. I'm going to say the Eagles have the the, the Eagles win because uh, Carson Wentz knows how to get prepared for division rivals. And I would say I said the other day it would be foolish of me not to go against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not sure I'm going to see well, this was a good team, but, you know, not Madison, I'm sorry. Um, Philadelphia is a good team, and uh, they're playing a very stout Dallas defense, but I think Carson Wentz can find a way to, you know, carve up the secondary and, you know, make the front seven look silly. So we'll have to see how that goes going forward and go from there. All right. And in some news that you'll be very interested to talk about, I'm sure, the Panthers are in a free fall after their fourth straight loss. Coach Ron Rivera shakes up the coaching staff. He's fired uh, the the defensive line coach, Brady Hope, and another defensive assistant, and he has taken over the defensive play calling as well. So your thoughts, Dwayne, on Ron Rivera here? Um, you know, making these moves here in the last uh, home part of the home stretch of the season, trying to make a run into the playoffs. Uh, do you think that he is coaching for his job? That's the feeling. That's like the rumor that's going on around here. I think um, 
David Tepper, the new owner, I think, you know, things are getting a little antsy over there, and he might be looking to make some changes, but I think with the re- I think if anything, the reason why we may see Ron Rivera out of Carolina is because he hasn't posted back-to-back winning seasons ever. Um, but now to do that, you had to get you had to do three and one. And that means at least splitting one with the uh, Saints, which you know Saints owned their number last year. They beat them three times, including the playoffs. So um, I don't know what's going on with the team. They're one and five on the road. Um, they were a Dante Jackson injury away from a win at home against Seattle. Uh, losing Greg Olson yet again. Uh, it's been a pretty, you know, it's been a pretty rough four weeks. Uh, the last three weeks, I could not. I I hated the when people were blaming Cam for the issues when Cam wasn't the problem. But this this week, it was definitely on Cam when he threw. Four interceptions and three of them to the same person. I want to say by the second interception, you got to realize the man's not on your team. So, you know, the second interception, and I kind of turned the game off after that because when I saw it was thrown and there was nothing but four red jerseys around there, and it got ugly after that. So, it's up to... So I'm trying to say this. So to Carolina, what they want to do? Do they want to? Do they want to win, or do they want to just uh, fold it up, mail it in, and go home? Because it seems like they wanted to do the latter, especially now that they can't find the win column if their lives depended on it. They just need to see what will happen before we go forward. All right, so that's our NFL uh, wrap-up of this past week's action. Um, we'll do some quick NBA news before we get out of here. Let Dwayne give a shout-out and thank yous. As the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bulls have moved on from head coach Fred Hoiberg. He has been fired. Um, the Bulls are off to another horrid start, which has kind of been the trend in Hoiberg's uh, coaching tenure there. So... Interim coach is going to be taking over for the rest of the season. So I'll ask this question to you, Dwayne. Are the Chicago Bulls an attractive NBA team for someone with experience or name to come in and coach? Well, I had to think about it for a second. Um, I just think that... And I want to make sure I word this correctly before I do anything else. So give me just a second here. Um, Because there's a lot that um, I guess is weird. Um, So are we looking at it as now or I guess let me just rephrase the question. Let's just do that. If you were coming up next season. And you were a potential head coaching candidate. You could go anywhere you wanted to. Just take your pick. Are the oh. Chicago Bulls attractive to you? 
Uh, yeah, the Chicago Bulls, I, I would say they are an attractive team. I mean, you got Lori Market in the centerpiece there. You got Zach Levine. You got a nice young squad that, you know, if you could make the right, you know, free agent pickups, like bring a, bring a um, top start to the draft, you know, get a high draft prospect, and then maybe trade for, Trade some of the assets that you do have and um, trade some of the assets you do have for a star player, not named Jimmy Butler, but you trade for a star asset and it could be exactly what uh, you need because you got to get the, you got to get your fan base, you know, excited about your team. If you get them excited about your team, how you going to make it? So. So it's just uh, one of those things where I would, you know, sucks for Fred Hoiberg, but it's a great opportunity. I would definitely be intrigued by the possibilities and uh, getting that, um, getting that um, Bulls job, definitely. All right. Yeah, I think the Bulls have a lot of young talent that could, you know, just, just need some more experience and some good coaching. And and they could probably, you know, definitely with the East not having LeBron anymore, they could definitely start becoming a more consistent playoff team and and make a little noise. So uh, good luck to Zach Levine and those guys out in Chicago with their new interim coach, and hopefully they get somebody in that can really lead them and, uh, you know, make them, uh, you know, household names and uh, a team that's always, when you look up in the mix in the playoffs in the top four and the top five with legitimate chance to – win the Eastern Conference. So, right. so, Dwayne, at this point, I'm going to turn it over to you for your shout-outs, thank yous, and your final thought. All right. Shout-out to Jesse. Happy birthday tomorrow. Uh, shout-out to Nebias. Shout-out to you, Don. Uh, it's always good to be back. Um, shout-out to the listeners. And my final thought um, would have to be the um, let's go across the pond and um, you know Sunday and the Sunday across. Well, actually, no, 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 no. Let's not go across the pond. Let's go. Let's stick it here. So, bowl season coming up. Thirty nine bowl games. And uh, you know, it starts off with the celebration bowl. It's the HBCU bowl showcase between the MEAC champion North Carolina A and T, Aggie Pride, and Alcorn State. This was actually the first. Celebration Bowl, and they meet again for the second time in the fourth Celebration Bowl in Atlanta. And NT looking to win their third in four years. Um, Alcorn State's looking for revenge. Nationally televised game is good to get. The, you know the HBCUs showcase on national television, especially from both conferences. And now I'm not saying cable. I'm talking about network TV, which is always a beautiful thing about this uh, this game uh, since it's been brought about. It's been on, you know, network television, and it really gives, you know, the schools a chance to get exposed, the conferences, get that exposure. You know, you may not get a top recruit, but it's always good to get that recognition, you know, and get get the momentum going for HBCU sports and a, and a juggernaut and a whole. I definitely... You know, you know who I'm rooting for. You know it's 
always going to be A&T forever for me, but uh, just to see, you know, just to have these guys leading it off once again, and, you know, it's definitely, it definitely worth it versus, you know, getting knocked out in the first round in the FCS playoffs every year or maybe even second round. Uh, so I'm just glad that there's an opportunity for another opportunity for uh, black college athletes to succeed and flourish. All right. Thank you, Dwayne. I'd like to give a shout out to you for joining me this week on Know the Score. I'd like to give a shout out to Jesse and the Bias as well. Give a shout out to all the listeners and everybody who supports the CSPN. Please head over for exclusive content over to patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. There's uh, some cool things over there, sports related from Know the Score. You can take a lap around Richmond Raceway with Jeffrey Earnhardt. You can also listen to uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. talk with Ross, Ch- Ross Chastain on Pit Lane and uh, give an interview right after uh, his most recent race in Richmond Raceway. So there's some cool things over on Patreon to check out. So please, again, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Go check those things out. Uh, my final thought would be, uh, here we go. Uh, nightmare scenario. If you're watching the football team, they were 5-2. and two. With a prove it game against Houston, lose their quarterback, and now everything's starting to go downhill where they're having injuries left and right, and it looks like they're in a stretch where they're going to potentially probably lose their last four games with Mark Sanchez as their starting quarterback more than likely. So that brings me to Jay Gruden. Is he going to get another pass because he suffered so many injuries this year, or is this going to be the nail in the coffin for his coaching career and everything around the Washington organization uh, gets blown up and starts fresh. So it'll be a very interesting couple of days and weeks that take place after the season because I'm really not encouraged about the Washington football team being able to win any more games with Mark Sanchez as their quarterback. There was some rumors and innuendo that they are contemplating about bringing in Colin Kaepernick for a workout. So we will see what happens there. But he's definitely a much better than that list of uh, cats they pulled out last week and chose Mark Sanchez from. So we'll see what furthering developments come from uh, that report. So for my co-host, the Libra icon, Dwayne, I'm Don DeLorente, and now you know the score.